Welcome to Next at the Mic Radio, a lively hour of unscripted roundtable conversations with Voice America's longtime new and upcoming hosts about their inspirations, goals, and insights to help you find your own mic. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's Bonnie D. Thank you to the voice who still doesn't have a name. Ladies, before I introduce you, I have a very important question. We didn't rehearse this. Was that a real person? Claudia, yes or no? No. AI. Okay. Sarah, real person? Yes. Monique, real person? Yes. Okay. That voice is an AI-generated voice created by Robert Cellino, the wow. general manager of Voice America. He and I worked on it, mostly him, and he put in the script. We worked on the script, and he sent me about 1,200, no, about 12 samples. And until the voice could say, Oh, how those lips can talk, which is from one of my other shows. We weren't ready to settle. So we have, I'm going to hold a contest and name that. Welcome, everybody, to Next at the Mic. We're here live streaming on LinkedIn and Facebook twice and YouTube. I have three wonderful hosts from Voice America. I have never met them until uh, 14 and a half minutes ago, and I'm thrilled to yep. bring them to you. I'm going to start the show as I always do. I'm Bonnie D, by the way. You know me by other names, Bonnie D. Graham, and AKA Radio Red, depending on which show I'm on, currently four shows. And Jordan is our engineer today, and we will thank him profusely at the end of the show. So here's my opening monologue. And ladies, when I call your name, just wave, 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 wave. Here we go. Welcome to Next at the Mic, a platform unique, featuring Voice America hosts. Your, to your interest, we will speak. Host Bonnie D with her scarlet mic to wow. Thank you, Claudia. Welcomes three stars on Now You're Talking. Now, Monique Daigneault. I'll spell that for you, D-A-I-G-N-E-A-U-L-T, the Francais. A coaching ace, ICF trained, her impact takes place. With 7,000 hours worldwide, she's renowned, empowering leaders in wisdom abound. I hope you like that, Monique. That was great. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Claudia Ferryman, wave hello. Leader so bright, keynote speaker, guiding with light. Organizational psychology, her forte. Influence in leadership, her words convey. Claudia, I hope you enjoyed that. Oh, thumbs up. Good. And Sarah, yeah, Sarah Yannesey, radio co-host in sync, clinical social worker, her wisdom's link. Teaching, guiding with expertise rare, creating presence, a trauma care pair. Hi, Sarah. I hope you like that. Oh, it was great. <laughs> Dr. Sandy Bloom. So listen, watch, embrace the wisdom on air as Bonnie D broadcast with flair, of course, on Next at the Mic, where voices ignite a symphony of inspiration, radio strength, and our might. Ladies, what'd you think? Did you like it? Woohoo! Woohoo! That was okay. so impressive. Bravo, pop, bravo. Thank you. Thank you to me and ChatGPT. Uh, pop quiz. How long did it take for ChatGPT to send me the core of that that I ended up editing? Not my time, but how long did it take? Let's take a guess. Monique, how long did it take ChatGPT? Three minutes. Okay. Sarah, how long did it take? 30 seconds. Okay. Claudia? I would say 20 seconds. Okay, I'm going to tell you, if you can all count to three with me, one, 1,000, two, 1,000, before I hit the three, it returned. That's how fast. You've got to try it. Chat GPT. I use the free version. Excuse me. And then I get the poem. So what I do is I say, write me a poetry monologue for the show. And I give it the, the title of the episode, the name of the show, my name. It knows me by now. And then I give it a little of the bio each of you sent me. 
And it condenses and processes that and comes back with a poem in less than three seconds. Is that impressive or what? Love it. Love it. Knock it. Yep. Absolutely. So now it's time for us to get to know all of you a little bit better, a lot better, actually, because this was just a summary. We're going to go around the table, and the order today is Monique and Claudia and Sarah. I love you all, even though I've just met you. Somebody had to be first, somebody had to be second, somebody had to be third. That's just (laughs) the way it is. So Monique, I'm putting you on full screen view. Would you please regale us with your full bio, everything you can squeeze a lifetime into three minutes. Go ahead and welcome. (laughs) Sure. Thank you. I am Monique Dana. I own MD Consulting and I'm an executive coach. I have been for over 25 years I coached from the director level up to the C-suite in large corporations. I do that virtually across about 15 different industries and with clients located on six continents. I originally had a corporate background in HR and then saw how toxic the workplace was. So I left and I'm now in private practice, coaching, consulting. I have a couple of books that are out. And I've really built my brand around my childhood trauma and how I was re-traumatized by the toxic workplace. So my mission is to shift behavior in the workplace, especially with leaders. And radio allows me to do that. It allows me to have a voice and it allows my guests to also have a voice. Monique, lovely. I didn't know you're, you're, I'm corporate as well, formerly corporate, and I, I understand the subtext reading between the lines. When did you start your show? What is the title of your show, Monique? My show is called Leading with Intention, and I started it less than a year ago. It hasn't even been a year yet, <laughs> so I'm very yeah. new. Are you having fun yet? Yes, yes. After I got past the initial stress of it all, because I have never hosted a show. So with the support of Voice America and some of my peers, I got beyond that. And now, yes, having a lot of fun. Very nice. Good. Yes, it is a process, isn't it? It's a journey, as they say. Yes. It's a journey with intention if you're going to continue to doing it. Yes. Thank you very much. Claudia Ferryman, you're next. I'm putting you on speaker view. Let's hear from you and tell everybody where you're from with your wonderful accent. Go ahead. I know. I know. You were enjoying my sultry voice earlier. (laughs) Hi, my name is Claudia Ferryman. I'm tuning in from uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So, um, you know, we are uh, actually a lot warmer up here than what we're supposed to be. So I've been enjoying the weather. So um, as Bonnie says, I'm Claudia Ferryman. Um, I'm often called a sort of a renaissance person because of the amount of things I've done in my career. I've mostly been self-employed where I've uh, built four different companies of my own as a serial entrepreneur. Um, and then I started to really get into learning and development after being in uh, information technology for a period of time. So then I would um, build programs, deliver them corporately, a lot of leadership development training. Um, I've done, I don't know how many thousands of hours of leadership development training. And um, so that's through my company, Rainmaker Strategies Group, that I've been running since 1998, actually. And through that organization, I had the opportunity to meet many, many different people who had leadership challenges, similar to what Monique is um, doing. talking about toxic workplace, dysfunctional teams. We all know about that. So I started writing uh, books. Um, I've written a couple of books uh, about uh, communication and emotional resilience. 
I've also been an educator at the University of Toronto for over 16 plus years, where I develop curriculum and I teach uh, business professionals uh, how to notch up their emotional intelligence, their communication, and so on. And I've uh, created certifications um, for myself uh, over 18 plus different business and leadership certification programs that I've participated in. And then I've sort of passed it forward by sharing my knowledge with the individuals I work with. Also very impressive. What's the name of your show and how long have you been on Voice America, Claudia? So um, my show is called uh, Conscious Leadership Conversations, which actually starts next Tuesday at one o'clock. Oh, let's give her a round of applause. You're a newbie. Wonderful. I I remember that when I met you. Yeah, you're 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 the, you're the newbie. We'll just leave other words okay, with other the letters base. of the, the alphabet okay. out of it. Yes, the the newbie. Well, welcome, and we're we're wishing you a a wonderful bon voyage, and hopefully your experience with us today will help empower you. So we've got some key words: conversations, consciousness. We've got intention from Monique. Very interesting, Sarah Yanisi. Your turn. I, your colleague, your co-host, Dr. Sandy Bloom, was on a couple weeks ago, and I said, we have to have Sarah on. Here you are. So, Sarah, putting you on full screen view, let's talk. Tell us who you are. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I am a trauma therapist by training, and uh, that's still a lot of what I do, um, but I wear lots of different hats. Um, I'm one of those people I think uh, you can never have too many jobs is sort of my motto. Um, and actually, you can, uh, and I might, but I um, work in a group practice and see patients, uh, kids, families, and couples, you name it. And um, in addition to that, I I'm the co-founder of Creating Presence with Dr. Sandra Bloom. And what we do is uh, work with organizations, mostly human service organizations. So unlike uh, others on this uh, in this conversation, not from corporate and real proud of that. Uh, I feel like I spared myself some heartache in that way. Uh, but Sandy Bloom and I have really found that uh, the nonprofit sector and human services is also a pretty toxic place to work, uh, not just for the people uh, who work there, but also, you know, re-traumatizing in some ways for the people we serve. So our work over the last 25 years has been to develop an organizational change uh, model. And so I spend a lot of my time coaching organizations um, also at the leadership level, but equally with clinical staff, uh, other social workers, psychologists, psychiatrists, um, as well as direct service providers and um, educators, uh, all the way through the organization, really hoping to make change at the system level. So I do that. And I also am an instructor at Fordham University at the School of Social Work. I also teach a really cool service learning class at Columbia University in the School of Public Health. Uh, and I uh, have a dog and a bunch of kids. And I feel like that might be the biggest job of all. Uh, so that's that's kind of my uh, 
bio. A lot of jobs. I love the way you opened that. A lot of jobs, maybe too many, maybe not. I don't know. I think I'm on my ninth career, so I'm not sure how many, I, just all over the place. Started out, I have two degrees in computer operations and programming, and I was a mainframe programmer analyst way back in the days of key punch. <laughs> I was key wow. punching thousands of cards, COBOL, working on a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 for, where was my first job? They hired me right out of school. I was in Oregon. I'm a New Yorker, but I was in Eugene, Oregon. And the community college where I got my graduate degrees are two associate of science degrees because I already have a BA in uh, psychology, magna cum laude from Boston University, and two years at Sarah Lawrence preceded that. I've been all oh, over the map. Yeah. But I have. But I, then I went into, strangely enough, I decided oh, I can write COBOL, but I can talk English. And I started getting marketing <laughs> jobs. It was quite a revelation. That I is. said, yes, there's another language. And people said, you can talk. Anyway, long story short, I'm I'm just delighted to be here. And, and obviously, I love radio with 55 series on Voice America since 2011. I'm committed to the platform of sharing voices and bringing voices and messages and good stuff to people all over the world without wires, although my computer's plugged in, but we won't <laughs> go through that. Thank you, ladies. I, I'm very, very impressed with the three of you, each of you. Not only have you accomplished so much, but you're so articulate. And you told us so much in such a short period of time. And I appreciate that. Watching the clock. That's what I do. I'm the host. Anyway. Okay. Let's go to the quotes. I've asked each of you to send me a fictional quote from a character in a movie or TV show or a song lyric. And you're going to relate it to our topic, which is the impact, the importance, the value, the challenges, and the joys. Claudia doesn't have any joys or challenges yet because she hasn't started her show. Uh, and the future of radio. So we're going to touch on that theme with, with what we say in the next 45 minutes. So, Monique has sent us a quote from Here I Go Again in 1982. Boy, is that back in time. Song by English rock band White Snake, originally on their Saints and Sinners. Ah, Sarah knows. Originally on Saints and Sinners album, the power ballad was re-recorded in 87, five years later, on their self-titled album. It was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and number nine on the UK singles chart. Song was written by lead singer David Coverdale, former White Snake guitarist Bernie Madsen, and uh, they explained that their lyrics had the word drifter, but he decided to put in the word hobo. I'll get to that in a second. And he changed <laughs> it back to drifter in a re-recorded version because he was afraid hobo sounded like homo. I, I know, I know. We're talking 1987, ladies. So, yeah, I know. So here's the quote Monique has culled from the song. I don't know where I'm going, but I sure know where I've been. What a great quote, Monique. What does this have to do with radio in general or your show? Please. Well, it relates to me personally first because I know where I've been related to my trauma, my corporate career, the toxicity in the corporate world that I experience. And I know that I personally have evolved and I've evolved professionally into my current coaching career so my show is structured the same way. My show gives a voice to, to me and to my guests related to trauma, toxicity in the workplace, how to help leaders lead better. And that show also evolves. It has evolved a lot in the past year mm -hmm. since I have been a new host, and it continues to evolve. So although I have goals for where I want the show to go, I also know that I will never be as much of a novice 
thank God, as I was a year ago. So I've evolved as a host and the show also has evolved with the high quality of guests that I have and the goals that I have for it. Very nicely put. There's hope for you, Claudia. You haven't yes. started this journey <laughs> yet. lots of hope. I can I see have, that on the screen. <laughs> there you go. I had ideas. My first show was called Coffee Break with Game Changers, which I created for SAP back in 2011. And I, I don't want to shock Claudia, but I had three guests. We were going to talk about mobility in the corporate world, not mobile phones, but mobility. Wow. And I had three vice presidents, and uh, it was 30 seconds to live on the first show on Voice America Business. And only one guest had shown up. The other two were traveling in Europe, and they got the time mixed up. So this is before me too, ladies. Don't be upset with me, and viewers and listeners. No nasty mail. So, I gentleman's first name was Dan. I said, Dan, honey, follow my lead. We're going to talk mobility for the next hour. And he said, Bonnie, honey, I'm here for you. And we talked for one. I never went back and listened to the recording. The second week, the guests all showed up. The third week, they showed up. The fourth week, my manager called me and said, I have news for you. I said, did you hate it? She said, I love it. I just funded you for a year. You're doing 52 weeks of live radio. And it wasn't even my job. It wasn't what I was hired for. And then everybody in the company, it seemed, wanted, we want to do a show with you in the cloud with game changers. We want to do manufacturing game changers, utilities with game changers, and serial entrepreneurs with game changers. And it just snowballed. But my first show, I it probably is still on Voice America somewhere. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. But talking about evolving, Monique, that's some, that's a process. You find your pace. You find your rhythm. You find what you want your guests, who you want them to be when they start the show and who you want the conversation, how you want it to go. So it's it's an interesting process. Claudia, this is a primer for you or a primer, if you will. Uh, I'm going to go to Claudia. Claudia, I'm teasing you. Not really. Claudia, I'm going to your quote. And thank you for the quote, Monique. That was lovely. Claudia has picked a quote from Thomas Anderson, we all know as Neo, played by Keanu Reeves. Who else? The Matrix, 1999. Also, how many years? 25 years ago. Sci-fi mm -hmm. action film written and directed by the Wachowskis or Wachowskis. It anybody doesn't know if you've been hiding under a rock. It depicts a dystopian future in which humanity is unknowingly trapped inside a simulated reality, the Matrix, which intelligent machines have created to distract humans, uh-oh, while using their bodies as an energy source. When computer programmer Thomas Anderson, a.k.a. hacker alias Neo, uncovers the truth, he joins a rebellion against the machines with other people who have been freed from the Matrix. This is a cold read, Sarah, excuse me. So here's the quote <laughs> Claudia has selected. I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see, a world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries, a world where anything is possible. Oh, Claudia, I hope you enjoyed my read. <laughs> oh, the skies have opened. <laughs> Claudia, tell us it. how you pick. It's a wonderful quote. Talk to us. Yes. So um, I love the, the the words that say a world without borders, right? Um, to me, radio is a world without borders. We have the opportunity to expand um, people's minds, their voices, bringing, I always say, how can everyone bring voice to their vision? And radio is that opportunity, both for the hosts, for the guests. Um, and, and radio is not as regulated and controlled in terms of who we can bring on, what we can say, as it is with so much of other mainstream media sources. So to me, um, radio is a world without borders that gives us that opportunity to spread knowledge, 
to bring people together, to enhance culture, um, and really reminded me very much of that Matrix quote, that uh, that's our job is to spread the word for sure. The show's over. Everybody go home. Claudia <laughs> just summarized the whole purpose of Next to the Mic. Thank you, Claudia. That was, that was lovely. The quote was, quote was really, really good. Thank you. I'll never be able to do a good Keanu Reeves imitation, but I tried my best. Thank you very much, Sarah. You picked a quote from Bob Stuckey, played by Lawrence Gillard Jr., The Walking Dead, American post-apocalyptic horror drama TV series on AMC 2015. This episode was called What Happened and What's Going On. The Walking Dead is based on the comic book series by Robert Kirkman, Tony Moore, and Charlie Adlard. Story of survivors of a zombie apocalypse trying to stay alive <gasps> under near-constant threat <gasps> of attacks from zombie walkers. With the collapse of modern civilization, survivors must confront other humans who foreign groups and communities with their own sets of law. And we go with laws again. Laws and morals sometimes leading to open conflict. Bob Stuckey was a survivor of the outbreak, a main protagonist from seasons four and five, formerly an army medic, the boyfriend of Sasha Williams, until his death from natural causes in season five, episode three. I hope I did that well. Here's the quote. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. Seven words. It went the way it had to. Oh, Sarah, please unpack this for us. <laughs> we can't wait. Go ahead. So, uh, first of all, I love zombies, um, and I love The Walking Dead. I love all the zombie shows. Um, so, I picked a quote from The Walking Dead for that reason, but also this one, just, I feel like it really is the story of my own life. I um, feel like I always, I'm, I'm such a type A planner, and I have all of these, like, very clear ideas about how something is supposed to go and it never does um and so for me this the quote it, it went the way it had to is sort of a mantra about acceptance um i think about you know my i started uh college as a pre-med student my very first day of biology i broke the microscope in the biology class and dropped it that class right away. Um, and there went my <laughs> dreams of being an ER doctor and then, you know, ended up in social work school instead. And lo and behold, ended up working in the field of trauma in a really different way. Um, and I feel like that went the way it had to. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I feel the same way about our radio show. Um, I Again, type A, plan everything out. I have this vision, never goes the way I think it will, um, but usually better and, you know, more powerful. So mistakes and all, uh, it's it's sort of how I am thinking about, you know, the confluence of uh, people coming together. It went the way it had to be. It goes the way it's supposed to. Absolutely. Mistakes, just learn to shift past them, make light of them, or just incorporate them. You know, there's a rule in comedy. I, I did stand up for several years around New York and Long Island. And the rule in comedy is if something happens that the audience will notice that will distract them from what you're doing, acknowledge it first. You come mm -hmm. on stage, you, you just broke your leg, you got this 
ugly cast and people wrote all over his crappy stickers and all that. Boy, did you see this thing I got on the way in? You bought it from a guy on 42nd. I'm joking. But you make some, some, you call attention to it. You acknowledge it. So when you make a mistake, for example, I was doing uh, my Read My Lips Cool Conversations with Creators where my name is AKA Radio Red. Yes, because A sorts to the high. Yes, anyway, don't ask. So that's from the programming days. So yesterday afternoon, we had, I'm in Tennessee and we had, rain for three days and it had stopped in the afternoon i'm 20 minutes into my show and my huge window here in my office which is basically the front bedroom the sun breaks out as though i'm in a spotlight on a hollywood movie set (laughs) and the top of my head right here up to my eyes was bathed in sunlight coming in through the window it was reflecting (laughs) off my green screen in the back i couldn't see the screen i couldn't read the notes My third guest was giving his bio, just like we're doing, like the third guest was Sarah. He's giving his bio, and I said to myself, he's probably got a lot to say, and if I don't wind him down, he's just going to keep going. He's a talker. (laughs) So I snuck, I put him, he was on speaker view. I I was on the top gallery view. I snuck out behind my green screen, walked around behind the desk, pulled the cord. It didn't go, pulled it again. Finally, I got the shade to come down. I snuck back in and I had to tell the guests, even though the audience couldn't see me, I said, I did disappear for about 22 seconds. I ha- And they said, yeah, we saw you were, you had so much sunshine <laughs> on your face. We couldn't even see you. So I acknowledged it for the sake of the guests, but I think it was yeah. enjoyable for the audience as well to say, uh-oh, look what happened. And that's that's something that happened. So to me, live radio, it's reality. It's, it's a reality yes. check. It's like, reality tv it's reality radio go with it embrace it it happens acknowledge it and move on i used to be a ballroom dancer and i used to teach dancing many years one of my 19 oh nine careers sorry and i i met a, a person i was going dancing with and every time he would miss a step in a pattern we were doing in a ballroom dance he would say oh i messed up and he just stopped in the middle of the dance in the middle of a floor <laughs> with like no. 300 people i said could we just keep going please just you know, you're leading me. Just let's keep moving. It was, uh, that was the lesson. So thank you very much. Now, part of, thank you, ladies, for the quotes. I appreciate I, that. I have one comment to leave sure. you with, which is, go ahead. Uh, there's no failure, only feedback. That's uh-huh. the that's the phrase I use with, with managers. There's no failure, only feedback, right? So <laughs> very, very totally nice. Very nice. I, I, I was doing a TV show called Something to Talk About on public access in, in Long Island for 25 years. I did four series I created, did thousand, a couple thousand shows over the years. And one day I had, I was using, uh, I think we Skyped a guest in and she was a, uh, your color and the Reiki and the, your color, your aura, one of those authors mm-hmm. that she, her first name was Pam. I don't remember. Sorry, Pam. And we were doing a, a review of her book. It was a 30 minute live show. And all of a sudden the feed dropped. And the the people from Cablevision were thinking I was going to say, okay, cut, you know, put on a replay or something. And I said, uh, okay, we'll get her back. I had her book on my desk. I picked up, opened the chapter, and I started reading her book. I just started. <laughs> and the guy who was from Cablevision, he came out, he said, I thought you were going to fold. I said, Bonnie D never folds. I'm sorry. <laughs> the show will go on. And she called back in on a phone, and they put her on what I call the God mic. So her voice was projected in the studio. I said, hello, Pam. Hi, Bonnie. I'm back. And I said, let's finish the conversation. We couldn't see. Well, she was frozen on the Skype screen still, but we finished the show. I didn't skip a beat. So, Claudia, that's for you when you start your show. And Sarah Absolutely. and Monique, no, you just 
Keep, keep going. going. <laughs> There's a, the Dory quote, right? Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Ellen DeGeneres, Finding Nemo. Yes, we all know that one. Okay, now it's time to stop telling stories and let's go on. Ladies, you have generously each sent me four statements about radio. And I'm going to pick one from each of you. You don't have to look for it. I will read it. And Monique, I'm going to read your first statement. I like this one a lot. And there's a little bit of a segue of what we've been talking about. Just unpack it. And if Sarah or Claudia have anything to say, you've got 10 fingers, I think. You've got one that's a mean finger. I don't respond to that. But any of the nice fingers, just wiggle and I'll see you. Monique says, live radio keeps the host and guest on their toes. I've had to pivot. I've had to deal with interruptions on air. Nervous guests. Guests are unprepared and freeze up. Let's talk about that. That's not exactly the type of mistakes we were talking about a minute ago. Monique, give us a little primer here on what happens. Yes, and I, I admit sometimes I have guests who have never done live radio. And I, I have them on anyway, if I think they have a really good message, really good content related to leadership. So there's times when they get nervous, they freeze up. And I meet with everyone in advance in a pre-production call to prep them and go over their content. But sometimes with people who have never been on live radio, they still get nervous or they lose their train of thought. So as a host, I think I've had to pivot and be able to pick up or lead them into the next question. And so I have to stay on my toes when that happens. And I think if it's something that's a a recorded podcast, you can edit all of that out. You can pick up at the next question, but in live radio, you can't do that. So there's this adrenaline that pumps throughout the show that I think helps me to stay on my toes. And I think it also helps my guests to do that too. But you you really just have to be on the lookout for things like that that happen. Absolutely. I agree. And prep is always a good idea. For my business shows, I typically, for my paid clients, I typically, for new people, will have a 30-minute prep call where I'll take them through the format of the show. I'll introduce the guests to each other. If they don't know each other, they need to get to know me as the host and my style and my flow and the cadence that I use. And it always makes for for better. Uh, On my technology show, I don't do that anymore. People know me. They've a lot of them have been on the show before, and it's just uh, four guests, and we talk about predictions on a particular AI topic every week, and most of them are experienced. So, Monique, your, your point is really well taken. I had a guest freeze up on one show, on a business show, about eight years ago, and she really just went, she just stopped. And she was scheduled to do part two the week after, and afterwards we chatted, and she said, please let me off the hook. I can't do this. Wow. She just couldn't. She just froze. It just didn't work for her. Sarah, mm-hmm. go ahead. I have the luxury in some ways. It, I think it's a luxury of being a co-host. So there is something really um, reassuring about knowing that there is another person who's sort of carrying the weight of that. We both have to be on our toes. And we have had a, a couple of situations where both of us were sort of looking at like, are you going to say something? Or am I going to say something? Like, <laughs> yeah. who's, who's, and then we've also had the experience of sort of both of us get really excited and start talking. And we're like, wait, we can't do that either because it's live radio. So kind of being able to find those cues is um, part of what I've experienced as an important part of being on your toes. Absolutely. And the point about co-host toy, if you both say something at the same time, it just shows the audience audio wise, you're excited. And that's 
Perfect. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, as far as knowing who 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 is going to jump in at what point in time, I took improv training from a couple of uh, well-known people in New York years ago when I was doing my comedy. And one of the things we learned was uh, they had us, there were 20 people in the class, and we walked around in a loose circle around the room. And the, the instructor would say to one person, pick one person and say, what's something you would hear on the street of New York on a busy day in the afternoon? Somebody would say, hey, that was my parking space. So he said, say that three times, and then somebody else will come up with their statement about what they heard in New York, okay? So it wasn't, oh, Claudia, I pick you next. I didn't even have to make eye contact with you. You just sensed when it was time, not your turn, when the room needed you. And Sarah, that's probably what you're doing with Sandy, with Sandra, is when the room, when the conversation needs you, that's when you go next. It's not, oh, did Sandra talk? Oh, it's my turn? No. It's when the conversation <laughs> needs you and you've got, it's a, it's a sense of yeah, timing. It's yeah, it's a sense of participation and timing and what does the conversation need? And if you're the one, just say it. And it's okay if you both say it at the same time. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Thank you very much, uh, Claudia. I'm going to your statement number four. Let me read it. A nice one sentence line here. You say radio allows for niche content or niches, some people say, that would otherwise not have space in mainstream media. Now, without getting into deep politics, uh, talk to us about why you're picking to do your topic on radio where you yes. couldn't on other media. Go ahead, Claudia. Yes. Um, so I made that statement because I felt that often, again, when you go to mainstream media, there, there's a formula, you know, a lot of, uh, mainstream, uh, TV, com um, stations, uh, newspapers and so on. They're actually owned by corporations and often one has to be very cautious, right? We all know that. And, and, uh, what I find with radio is that it's, um, both for the host and the audience, it's more accessible. You know, they're saying that up to 92% of um, people in America still listen to radio versus 87 TV podcasts is like 22%. So radio is still the most popular. It's um, accessible. It's usually free for people. Uh, it's, it's very global. It's an international medium, which people don't have to pay a lot to access. And I felt that radio was probably one of the best ways to bring voice to many of the things I've been thinking about around conscious leadership. So I selected radio because I felt it was the best medium for bringing a wider um, audience to the knowledge and the leaders that are going to share their stories. It would be the best uh, medium for that. Storytelling rocks, isn't it? We're all telling little stories here today. Yes, I've had guests on the show tell me that it's a community builder, Claudia, that they're building a community of people who might not get that content anywhere else, who might be looking for that content. And the question is, how do you tell them that you are bringing that content to them? But you're right. It's it's an interesting medium where it's anybody with an internet connection. And when I put my e-cards out, I put the time zone, for example, today, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and I say, find us in your time zone. I do that for a reason nice. because we're heard all over the world. It's too many words for the subject line, but I put it, I squeeze it in. Find us in your time zone. I mean, just, oh, I'm not Pacific. I'm not Eastern. Oh, I can't listen. Well, let me remind you 
It's internet radio. We're everywhere. Everywhere. So, anyway, so thank you. Any any comments, Monique or, or Sarah, about the idea of of a niche topic that you wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't, maybe get on mainstream? What do you think, Monique? Anything? Well, I compare this to blogging, and I I do blogs several times a month, and. They're on similar topics, but in radio, you can put out so much more content when it's a conversation versus when it's something in writing. It could be really great content in a blog, but you can't make the same point when you're on as when you're on live radio. Thank you. I just gave you a confetti parade for what you just said. Uh, (laughs) I didn't know if you were trying to cut me off. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Mac Mac Sonoma, the new operating system, now has different hand uh, gestures that you can use to, uh, I think, let me see if I get the two thumbs up here. Did I get the thumbs up? There you go. Now I'm giving you fireworks. Yes. And I can make it rain and I can make hearts. I don't know if I can do the heart. I tried earlier to get the hearts. Let's see. We do the hearts. There we go. There, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. So thank you. There are the hearts. I, I didn't mean to distract you, but I thought it'd be fun. I've been doing all my shows. People are like, what is she doing? Thank you very much. Sarah, anything you want to add to that? It's interesting for me. What came to mind is um, when I listen to radio a lot, and most of the time when I'm listening to radio, it's in my car when I'm alone. And there's something really intimate about that experience. Um, yes. And... I I mean, sometimes, you know, when you're driving with someone else and you're listening to something, you can sort of go back and forth and share it. But I think there's something really powerful about, at least for me, being in this really um, sort of uh, personal, thoughtful place where I'm sort of eavesdropping on Mm. somebody else's conversation um, and getting to be part of it in a, in a different way. And that feel that I don't feel like you can get that anywhere else, but in radio. I agree. I agree. Let's go to one of your statements, Sarah. I'm picking statement number two. This is interesting. You say there's something magical about connecting with our guests and making connections between their experiences and ideas that pushes my own work forward. Give and take. Go ahead, Sarah, tell us more. Yeah, I, well, I mentioned before, I'm a little type A. So I, of course, you know, is there such a thing as a little, a little type A? No, I'm extremely type A. And that's just, uh, (laughs) I was wondering about little. Yeah. I'm trying to be gentle with myself, but yeah, I'll just own it. We're all type A. So you're in good company. Go ahead. So I will, you know, get all the books and read all the books and end up going down, you know, into the wormhole of sort of understanding my guests' experience and and what they've worked on. And it's no matter what um, the topic is or what their area of expertise is, and we're really looking at different components of social health, um, there are always these moments that I have uh, in hosting where a guest will say something and I will have just that light bulb go off and I will think, wow, this really applies to, um, a patient that I'm seeing, or this really applies to a student in one of my classes, or this really applies to an organization that I'm coaching. And I feel like that it's, you know, for me, it's not just giving a platform for 
our listeners to hear really cool ideas and exciting, innovative things. For me, I also get to take away um, these like little nuggets of brilliance that, um, and I, and I think it's, it's every single time I've done this with every single guest, I've had that moment where the light bulb goes off and I'm scribbling furiously. Like, <laughs> Oh, I need to, I need to make a note that this is how I, I'm going to bring this idea to life in my own work and in my own way. Well put. And that's what we're doing here. We're sharing ideas, aren't we? We're sharing ideas about how we approach radio, why we do it, how we structure our shows, what our expectations are, what our preparation is. So you know what? We have a little more time before we go. We have some fun, famous birthdays and music history events we'll close with in about, ooh, about, mm, we have a lot of time left. Monique, I'm picking one more statement from you because I really like this one. You say, more preparation is necessary prior to a live show than a massively edited podcast. And she adds, my shows are guest-centric. I can't be flip about my shows or I'll make my guests look bad. Oh, Monique, pray tell. Talk to us. <laughs> well, when I say that my shows are guest-centric, what I mean is that they speak about 70% of the time. And I speak about 30% of the time. I really give them that platform to have a voice and to say what they need to say. So I feel like I need to be very prepared for that. I It can't be edited. So I prep myself. I prep them. I probably over-prepare myself because I am also type A and an over-preparer. But I've gotten a little better at that in the past year. But I want them to look good. And it's it's really, I consider it their episode. So I do everything I can to keep it organized. And I have a process I go through and a process I put them through. And initially, they're a little annoyed by that until we get on the air live. And then afterwards, they are so grateful that we prepped. <laughs> so that's that's what I mean by more preparation is necessary. If it were a recorded podcast or an edited podcast, it w maybe would be different. but. It's not. It probably wouldn't be. And I'm going to tell you that live is where the energy is. It's where the excitement is. It's where the adrenaline is. It's where the, I don't, I gave up on the word authentic a while ago. Too many people yeah. were buzzing it. I call it real deal. It's a real deal conversation when it's live. There's something magical about a live conversation. Occasionally, I've had clients who asked us to edit out when I was doing shows for big companies, edit out a word here or there. They listened and they'd say, okay, at three minutes and 23 seconds. So that was for the on-demand version, but the live was whatever it was. Nothing terrible happened. We just weren't allowed to mention the word expert and we weren't allowed to mention name brands and a lot of legal governance going on for that show. But anyway, it's just, I find the live is just magical. Claudia, you have, are you going to be live on your stream, on your show, correct? Yes. So I'm going to have a um, couple of shows that are pre-recorded. Mm -hmm. uh, I have one which is all about resources and strategies. I'm going to pre-record. So a couple of pre-recorded, but um, ninety percent of them will be live, with um, callers can call in, and uh, yeah, we have commercial breaks. Gonna do, we're gonna do it up nice, the same way you've been doing. I've watched a couple of yours. <laughs> Very nice. By the way, I I uh, I haven't had any. Uh, sponsors, advertisers, except on my Technology Revolution show a few years ago. But I decided years ago, just me, no criticism. 
I decided not to take breaks. My shows are straight through. And I had to tell the engineer, I said, when are you taking it? I'm not. Because <laughs> I found that it interrupted the flow. It interrupted the, the energy. It interrupted, oh, we're back. Well, I did it for a while, and I didn't like it. That's my personal mm, choice. Nice. Sarah, anything you want to add to what Claudia said? I actually want to add to what you just said. Okay. And, and also what Monique was saying, the... Um, the breaks are really hard. And I think that the preparation, Monique, that you were talking about for me, it's been how do I create that flow um, and then, you know, sort of manage the time. So kind of using um, little prompts when asking the last question before break so that our uh, our guest knows that the break is coming up and they only have maybe a minute or so. Um, <laughs> that's been that's been really helpful, but also really hard because I want to know more. And, you know, we sort yeah. of tell them we're going to ask these three questions before the break and then we'll ask these questions after the break. And almost always we get through like one question before the break and then we're like, okay, so that wasn't how, well, it went the way it had to, I guess. So, um, th that's where a lot of the prep, uh, has been helpful, but also I think we're, we're learning to just wing it a little bit around that timing with the breaks. Wing it. That's the best you can do. Absolutely. <laughs> I keep an eye on my clock. If I finished all three guest bios by around 21 after and the quotes by around 34, 35 after, and then we go into the statements on my technology show, it's predictions instead of discuss discussion statements. Some of them, it's a real roundtable, which is more like what we're doing today. Some of them is just unpack your prediction. And then I pick one from somebody else. Uh, it, it's the job is to watch the clock and know that at 57 after you have to be out. Period. End of story. You have to because there's a, a coding that goes on at the engineer's side and it will stop, I think, at 58. You have to be done or else there, it's not going to get captured. So there are rules of the road that we have to observe, but you don't want to, oh, my God, we got 18 minutes left. Uh, you, it has to be has to be done smoothly. Oh, uh, subtly? <laughs> yes, yeah, subtly. Yeah. Well, I'm live streaming. So everybody can see every, oh my, every expression is out there. Uh, Claudia, I'm going to read one more statement and then I'll yes. pick one more from Sarah and then we have some fun things to do. So just briefly, you say the diverse narratives, diverse, heard on radio, contribute to a richer understanding of the world. Just briefly, what's your goal for that on your show, Claudia? Yes. Um, so I'm actually uh, getting leaders from a number of different organizations, a combination of not-for-profit, charity, and for-profit. So I'm making sure I'm getting leaders who run different types of organizations, because when they come on, we're going to get different perspectives. And the hope is to develop um, a blueprint or a roadmap for emerging leaders that they could follow that help them to know how did this really great leader get to where they are in terms of being much more of a conscious leader, being more mindful of their staff and building uh, healthy, psychologically safe cultures. They can learn from very different types of leaders in different industries. So I'm hoping that will bring different perspectives for sure. It will. It will. It's a really good plan. And Sarah, I'm going to read one more from you and then we're going to do some celebrity birthdays. Sarah, statement four. One of the challenges is a delicate balance between letting a conversation be organic and getting at the gold, the things that will resonate with listeners. That's an interesting perspective. Sarah, take a couple minutes. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, I think 
there's sort of a warm up phase that often happens with our guests where we, you know, we need to let people know who they are and why we are bringing them on the show. Um, and I think that's, you know, it's helpful and important, but part of me just sort of feels like, okay, just, just trust me. They're amazing. They know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> our listeners don't know me that well, like <laughs> they can't trust that. Um, so then there's, you know, the, the build of conversation and, um, that makes it, you know, interesting and it feels like a real dialogue instead of, you know, a lecture or, a, um, you know, Webinar. an interview. <laughs> and, um, but, but then I almost always feel like we get into this really meaty, juicy, good stuff and there's just gold in that. And I um, want to make sure that, that we kind of hit that mark every time we do an interview and, you know, invite a guest to, to collaborate with us. And so, uh, I'm, we're still figuring that out. I'm, I you, think it goes well, it goes you well. Um, but I want to feel like, you know, we're, I know how to do that more smoothly. Um, that's been a challenge. And that's part of the job of hosting and producing and knowing the timing and knowing what your goals are and having things in your mind that you don't always have to communicate with the guest, but you know where you want that to go. Yeah. Ask a leading question, make a comment, a sidebar. Hey, have a quote handy. I have all kinds of things in my notes. I have a nine-page document in front of me on the screen right now with all kinds of bits and pieces of stuff that I can use as fillers, that I can use as segues. And that's why I ask my guests for the live the quotes, the fictional quotes, because that leads us into the topic in a completely different way. I used yeah. to ask my guests for just any quote, and oh my God, I got Gandhi, and I got Einstein, and I got yeah. Mark Twain, <laughs> and I got Maya Angelou, and after a while, I could tell you which quote they were. So I changed it up around four years ago, and I said, let's do some pop culture. Give me a movie quote. Give me a TV quote. And I have people who resisted that. I won't do it. I said, fine, you can't be on the show. This is the way I changed it up and had a different way of approaching. And I use this for my tech shows where we're talking artificial intelligence and manufacturing and the future of automotive or any, anything. These are heavy topics that I make light by bringing in some culture references and getting people to smile and have a good time while we're sharing good information. So ladies, thank you for the statements. Wonderful. And now I'm going to do a couple of famous birthdays and some interesting events in music history. So today is the birthday of Kim Novak. Does anybody remember her? 1958, she was in Hitchcock's movie Vertigo. She was in The Man with the Golden Arm and she was in Bell, Book and Candle. Well, she's 90 today. Happy birthday to Kim Novak. Anybody wow. ever heard of Peter Gabriel, the singer-songwriter? Original of lead of Genesis, uh-huh, helped the band start and well-known for your eyes and Salisbury Hill. Uh, he's 73 today, Peter Gabriel, my goodness. There's an actor you may not know named Neil McDonough. I happen to find him very creepy in everything he does, but I've seen him in all kinds. He was in Suits, and he was in uh, Desperate Housewives. Anyway, he's 57. Happy birthday. Robbie Williams, star of the boy band Take That. He set a world record when his 2006 solo Tour sold 1.6 million concert tickets in one day. Taylor, wow. Taylor, try to beat that. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. In memoriam, Jerry Springer was born on this day in 1944. He passed away at 79 last year. Former mayor of Cincinnati, I forgot that, rose to fame hosting the outlandish TV show, The Jerry Springer Show. Broadcaster, journalist, actor, producer, lawyer, 
and politician. He was called the Sultan of Salaciousness. Oh, my oh, goodness. Wow. <laughs> I used to tell my guests I want them to be provocative. I said, throw a virtual chair on the show, just like if you were on Jerry Springer, and they <laughs> didn't know what to do. I have two social media stars, we've got four minutes left, who have uh, interesting followings. Uh, we're going to celebrate the birthday of somebody named Rubius, R-U-B-I-U-S. He's 33. And the reason I picked him for a happy birthday is he has 40 million subscribers. I know. Are you sitting down? Sarah's got a, yeah. He's Spain's most subscribed YouTuber. In 2018, he debuted as the lead character in an anime TV series, The Virtual Hero, based on a comic book he wrote. Let's just leave it there. He is one of the top gamers. He was in the Top Gamers Academy in 2020. And then we have a young man named Gabe Irwin with an E who's on Instagram. He only has 1.1 million followers. So clearly, Claudia, he's just starting out. We have to feel badly for him. Just yeah. one. He's a filmmaker and comedic content, and he reacts to life on the internet. Okay, let's go. Uh, 1966, the Rolling Stones appeared in color on US TV for the first time on their third appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show. It was broadcast in color. In 1967, wow. on this day, Dolly Parton released her debut album, Hello, I'm Dolly, with the hits Dumb Blonde and Something Fishy. She made friends with Porter Wagoner, who invited him her on his TV show, Lifelong, and they've been colleagues forever. In 1967, the same day, the Beatles released Strawberry Fields Forever. Penny Lane was on the flip side. In 1972, Led Zeppelin was forced to cancel a gig in Sim Singapore when the local officials, seeing their long hair, Refused to let them go on stage. I thought you'd enjoy that. And in 1983, on this day, Marvin Gaye performed a sultry national anthem at the NBA All-Star Game in L.A., and it had a beat. I don't know what, what that beat was. Today is Galantine's Day, because tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Be nice to your lady friends. Get a different name day, International Condom Day, Kiss Day, Mardi Gras, <laughs> National Apology Day. I'm saying I'm sorry. Cheddar Day, Derek Day. You know anybody named Derek? Just say hello. Not a birthday. National Internet Friends Day. It's Jamie Day. Hello, Jamie's. National Tortellini Day. Maybe I'll have that for dinner. Wingman Day, Self Love Day. Hug yourself. And World Radio Day. February is the month of Adopt a Rescued Rabbit, Humpback Whale Awareness, Library Lovers, Bird Feeding, Blahbuster, Embroidery, Goat Yoga, Haiku Writing, and Mend a Broken Heart, as well as Bike to Work and Dog Training Education. It's the month of Berries, Chocolate, Fabulous Florida Strawberries, blah, 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 Great American Pie, Avocados, Bananas, Cherries, Fondue, Grapefruit, Macadamia Nuts, and Sweet Potatoes. And we're almost out of time. I have a, a tell you, in 2014, I had the top 10 tips for women. I used it on my radio show in the closing, and I have one I want to read you. Number one in 2014 was Aspire to be Barbie. The biatch has everything. This is from 2014. <laughs> I saved my notes. Also, need a sport group? Cocktail hour with the girls. Take like with a pinch of salt and a wedge of lime and tequila, and if the shoe fits, buy one in every color. So here we go with the closing, and I want you all to just listen up. Life is short. Break the rules, don't we all? Forgive quickly, eh, not so much. Kiss slowly, it's the only way. Love truly, you're all going to join me in a two-second loud laugh. One, two, three, laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> I always think I should start the show with that. And never regret anything that made you smile. Here's the closing words. Work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares. Dance like nobody's watching. When I was teaching disco and high heels on top of a Formica table in a high school cafeteria in Eugene, Oregon, everybody thought I'd fall and I didn't. I made them build a stage for me the next week. Sing like nobody's listening. I didn't sing. And love like you've never been hurt. 
Let your heart heal. Learn to love again. We've all been hurt. Get past it. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La! And last but not least, I have one closing line. I stole from another host 20 years ago. Thank you for turning me on. How those (laughs) lips can talk. Ladies, don't go away. Jordan, are we out? Thanks again for tuning in to Next at the Mic Radio. Presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Join host Bonnie D. again next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we wish you a positively mic-worthy week. <laughs>